Hello and welcome to the Directors UK podcast. For this edition, we take you behind the scenes of Goodbye Christopher Robin as director Simon Curtis talks to Roger Michelle. Simon spoke to Roger about casting a nine-year-old to play the film's central character. Schools, uh, you know, drama clubs, and this boy Will had joined the drama club, Stagecoach, I think it's called, two days before the casting people went. He wasn't even their star pupil, so it's just a random thing. But I did one thing which I'm really proud of, which really worked, which was when we got, we had lots of auditions, when we got to our top three boys, we did a day at the location, uh, uh, and did I, I, I did six scenes with each of them, with Ben, our DP, and a guy with a big boom in his face, um, just to try and get a sense of could they do right. six scenes like yeah. you have to do in a filming day? Uh, could they do a sad scene, a happy scene, a cricket scene, or whatever? And at, the, at the location in Ashdown Forest? Uh, actually, the Cotchford House. That, okay. uh, uh, and at the end of that, we had like 10 minutes cut of cut footage yes. on each of them. Uh, and so the studio could see that, we could get a sense of how he would cope with it. And that was something, so we lucked out by doing that, but it was actually a really wise thing. And was it a no-brainer when you watched the footage? Or, or yeah, or by the hard? end of that day, okay. uh, it was. But as you well I, know, I seem to remember us meeting around that time and you, you were struggling to persuade the studio that you'd found the right Yeah, child. well, I, I was wrong. That was another boy. Oh, okay. But yeah, wow. no, but, but yeah, but, but, uh, but I, the, I had a favorite going into that day who wasn't yes. Will. Okay. Uh, but That's yes, the answer is yes, right. that day taught us it was Will. So did you, f did you find that out by looking at the rushes? That did something happen in the camera that you didn't expect uh, with that boy? To be absolutely honest, I'd also asked each of them to tell a sad story. Uh, on camera to see just to see how that because he knew how to touch the sadness of the character and the couple of the other boys told the story about you know something on the football the game of football or whatever he told a story well he, t he just told us about his grandfather's death and he was so emotional it was so upsetting he could pluck this out of nowhere it just literally blew my mind and um but as you well know uh, we're all casting but particularly with someone who's never acted before you don't know yeah, they're going to grow into it across the shoot or be intimidated by it and all that. And this boy was just magical, you know. And in fact, I really felt uh, on the shoot, my job was to not to get in his way. Mm. And, uh, you know, there's that thing of also happens on film sets, as you well know, as soon as there's a cut, everyone descends on the actors. And, you know, I hate it when some of us say to him, oh, I love the way you said that line or whatever, because, you know, that yeah. was, you know I just Make didn't want to... conscious Yeah, I didn't want to yeah. talk to him yeah. because I just... Want, yeah. He was just... And, You'd say, now we're just going to play with the toys uh, in, in the garden. And I'd watch him and he'd be really playing with the toys. He wasn't yes. a kid playing, an, an actor playing with the toys. So it was like really a gift. I mean, I, and of course, everyone adored him. You know, it's that thing that Richard Eyre said to me once when I was casting kids. He said, cast a kid you like. And, you know, I liked him and everyone yeah. liked him. In fact, everyone was in love with him and half the crew wanted to steal him and take him home, you know. Um, uh -huh. I've never seen such distress on a film set when he rapped. You know? But uh, but he's absolutely yeah. terrific. I mean, but he is we were terrific lucky, in it. Very I lucky. can't imagine yeah. anyone else playing that part. Yeah, with such natural humility and grace yeah. and yeah. great emotional. And also, we had to truth. get a nine-year-old as well because the, the, the difference between the number of hours an eight-year-old can work and a nine-year-old. Yeah. I was nervous about that because some nine-year-olds were coming. They were sort of. You know, teenagers to my eyes, <laughs> yeah. uh, but he had the, some. Uh, there was a he was a little boy, and that helped too. 
Talk a bit about the other casting. I'm interested in uh, Margot Robbie, who's a, who's a huge star, you know, already. Um, it's a it's an unforgiving part. Yeah, you know, it's it's the, it's hard to like her in, in yeah. that role. I mean, did you did you a did, was she your first choice? And b, you know, how did you and she negotiate the the yeah, the I mean, tricky, she. Yeah. I mean, she was living in London and had a history with her mother. Used to read her Winnie the Pooh, and she loved it. And uh, uh, and she was very bold about. You know, we we talked a lot about how, you know, we didn't want to villainize the parents more than they already are villainized themselves because that's the way people were parents in that class at that time. You know, they would have a baby and hand over to a nanny and basically. Uh, and uh, but the the key for both Margot and I was that if you read in um, Christopher's memoirs, he says I only saw my mother for a few minutes after breakfast and a few minutes at bedtime. But in that time, she was totally focused on me. So we tried to find the redemptive things of you know that she gives him the toys and that's a yeah. that joy when she hands the tiger to him. You know, um, uh, but uh, uh, you know, it, it, it obviously. Certainly, to modernise, uh, it's, it's a very unsympathetic character. But you know, again, Margot was really keen not to soften it, and you know, uh, and kept saying in the, in the cut, "Don't, don't, don't soften it." So and did did you want to cast an English actress, or did or were you happy to go with a sort of Australian Hollywood star, or how how did that work with? Well, with as I say, she was living in London, yeah. and uh, obviously, you know, she was on the list uh, everyone wanted, and when she liked the script, yeah. and I met her, and she also has such natural warmth uh, that it was a joy to work with her. Talk a bit about working with Fox. I've just made a film with yeah. Fox as well. How yeah. did you get on? How was that? Was that all? Yeah, possible? they're very supportive. You know, I mean, uh, they've got a lot of films this year, um, but uh, how many have they got? Well, I don't know. They've got um, six. Fox Searchlight. Yeah. 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 Uh, when, do you, when do you open this? Uh, this opens here next week and in America in two weeks. What sort of scale of release is it? Entirely sure, to be honest. But right. I mean, they certainly um, uh, have, you know, putting a lot into it. I, I, I'm very grateful for the support they're giving it. Are you doing an American tour? Yeah. Starting like next week? Yeah. Is, are you looking forward to that? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my favourite part of the whole thing. <laughs> no, it's uh, um, my wife's working in America at the moment, so it's, it's it's it works well. Okay, okay. I'm going to go right back now to the be the beginning and the genesis of the whole thing. So, did you? Is this is this your idea? No, no. not at all. Okay. Uh, the last two films I did, I'd sort of nudged or willed into existence, but this is a script uh, I was given, and it had quite a long history. I mean. Uh, Simon Vaughan, who's uh, who's credited it, who many of you probably know as a, a eminent television executive now. I mean, he runs—I forget the name of the company—but like they did War and Peace, and I mean, he's very successful. And it was his idea to do this. He actually produced a television film about the Winnie Bear. I mean, the bear in Canada who ends up in the zoo with Michael Fassbender, bizarrely, <laughs> uh, about ten years ago for Canadian TV. And when he was working on that. He stumbled on this story, the you know the creation of Winnie the Pooh, and and he wrote uh, a, a draft, and then I got involved after Frank Cottrell Boyce mm -hmm. uh, did another draft, and that really worked. Frank was really the writer I worked with. And then was it hard to bring it to production? Did Fox um, come to it early in the in the party? Was that something uh, that you? I didn't take it <coughs> to them, but yeah, I mean, I sort of got involved much the same time as they did, I think. And was it reasonably straightforward production? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, anytime there's a kid involved, it's, yeah. I mean, it was, it was uh, he had to be taken off set to have school lessons, you yeah, know, which I thought was tutor rough. with him. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, one day they were doing one of those really emotional scenes and they said, he's got to leave the set now, you know, uh, and I said, well, what's the class he's going to be doing? They said, drama. <laughs> and I was like, I was like no, never been so cross in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what, was that the toughest hurdle uh, on that film? Was it, was it... <clears throat> was it the hours or what was the toughest? Yeah, I mean, actually, there's quite a lot of scenes we could do after he left. So, uh, and we were very vulnerable to the weather because the whole thing was shot on location. I mean, we didn't do anything on the stage. Yeah, I noticed that. Um, the credits and uh, we have was very. That a, was that a choice um, uh, that you and David well, made? Or? Uh, it, uh, yeah, I mean, we were very lucky with the two main houses mm -hmm. because they were both. Um, they had authentic early 20th century interiors. So. Uh, but the big worry was weather cover. So when we're doing those scenes uh, on in the Ashdown Forest on the, on the rock itself, there was literally no weather cover at all. Uh, and in fact, on the last scene, it was actually raining. But somehow, with the magic of it all, it doesn't, you don't notice it. Did you have lights in, uh, scene, in those exterior rock scenes? You did have a few, yeah, yeah. But not for that big wide because, uh, I mean, facing them, was yeah. we couldn't. Yeah. But uh, that scene where he first walks in the... Um, uh, to the forest when there's all the light shining through the trees. That was actually the exterior of the, the Cotchford house. And we had it on standby for the eight days we were there till right. we got the light. And then finally the light came and we, we all ran out. It was a bit of so a David Lean fabulous. thing. We were hitting yeah. us waiting for yeah. Ryan's daughter for six months. We didn't quite do that, but yeah. we did have a bit of flexibility. I mean, you were shooting something else while, while you were waiting. Yeah, da David Lee was yes, probably... Yes, that's exactly right. In, in fact, we were actually shooting another scene that uh, we stopped yeah. midway and rushed out. And yeah. pumped a load of smoke in and yeah. used, used yeah. that lovely backlight yeah. on the side. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go out to our audience. Who, who has a question for Simon? There's a, a microphone approaching it. Here we are. Lovely film, thank you. Thank you. A long time ago, when I was 16, 17, 18, I was a cadet at the Naval College in Dartmouth. I was a cadet and then a midshipman. And we would have cultural events, like there'd be a piano recital, and local dignitaries would come. And one of them was the man who ran the local bookshop. Uh -huh. And we all knew we must never, never mention Christopher Robin. That's now fun. I know why. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> but didn't, you met him, didn't you? I did, yeah. My, my mum used to live near Dartmouth, and... He, he was a famous fixture in the Harbour Bookshop, which is, alas, now disappeared. But yeah, he was around, rather rather quiet, uh, grey-haired, self-effacing. Yeah. He, he wrote a couple of books. Yes, he did. I've actually got a, a book at home which he's signed, which my mother must have yeah. picked up. I remember about, you saying you were going to give that to me, actually. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I brought it with me. It's, it's in my rucksack. Yeah. Um. You did? Anyone else? So I love the film, that was beautiful. Um, I'm you. just curious about the snow scene, about what went into shooting it, how many days, and, and how it worked really. It looked gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, it was a mixture of fake snow and CGI snow. Uh, and it was one very hard day, because you know it was very hard to get on and off the set without messing it up, for example. Um, uh, uh, and... Uh, it was it was it was very hard to do yeah, you know reset every time, uh, so but it was one day and that that wasn't actually the Ashdown Forest that was at, at Windsor 
in the in the Queen's woods. Um, but uh, and you could never. I personally found it very hard to visualize how it was going to end up, you know. And so uh, uh, and it was very hard actually to contact the actors because I couldn't really walk on to see them. But well, so there were a lot of things about it I didn't enjoy at all. But uh, so that was snow business, wasn't it? Yeah. And and was the falling snow. Practical was that done? Well, as I was saying, it was a blend. A there was some both. practical, okay. but we had to enhance it and right. even it out. Um, and obviously, the rising snow is CGI. Um, All of it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Some yeah. some of it just run backwards in the. I don't think so. No, no okay. I don't think okay. so. Um, and then we had the idea. It was only a last-minute thing to come back. We were there the next day to do them walking away without any snow at all, because it was quite hard to work out how we were going to get into it and get out of it. And we didn't really solve that till the, the, till the cut, where he walks into the snow, the boy, and then when he cut back, Alan is, is still in summer. Do you mean? But that we, it wasn't totally planned, that, to be perfectly honest. Um, I could, the, easy, the middle, uh, the, the shoot was eight weeks or four 11-day fortnights. Um, prep was it's usually sort of two months of actual prep, but I was on it for a few months before that, and certainly like the casting was going on. Um, and post, we finished shooting the beginning of November um, and finished probably June. And a lot, lot of that was waiting for Carter Burwell to be available, the, the composer. No, we really didn't. Um, because, you know, you always location dictates that. I mean, uh, but I think one of the things for a kid, it's very hard for them to realize that each day is only going to be three, four, five minutes of it. In fact, in his case, probably two or three minutes because he couldn't work all day. Uh, and I think that uh, I mean, he was really nervous when we were starting in uh, in the few days of rehearsal we did, because I think he thought he was going to have to do the whole thing all the time, you know. Um, but it's uh, but you, you can't take anything for granted with the kids, how mm -hmm. they understand what you're going to do. But um, uh, but no, I mean we didn't. We were we started in uh, Cotchford. That it was it wasn't actually Cotchford. It was a, a, a house very like it. And for the, the first three weeks, we were there entirely. You always hope you're going to have that, but you know so many other things. And Margot had to go off to host Saturday Night Live, and that uh, transformed the whole schedule overnight. It's, you know, it's, you know what it's like. It's uh, uh, you don't have the control. At least I don't have the control. I love. Were, were you? That. Did you know that when you cast her, or was that something that was just dropped on yeah. you? Yeah, it was a last-minute.com. Like, do you mind if she yeah. goes off and does? No, it's that like they're, they're very keen for it to happen. You know, yeah, so yeah. It's odd that, isn't it? Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. how the studio you're working for somehow seems yeah. perfectly happy for that to yeah. happen, as yeah. though there's a kind of reciprocal thing. Yeah. And the only person who yeah. really suffers is the uh, yeah. is the director. Yeah. Funny that. <laughs> there's a question up there. Thank you. Yes, I also enjoyed the film. Um, I was interested that you um, the expression was used to telephone two which was the correct expression of the time. Who actually uh, scrutinizes a script for authenticity of the time period? That's a very good question. Uh, I, 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 I can't, I, I, I also like that, that, that Kelly says that. And I can't remember 
how that came about. I think that would be a Frank Cottrell Boyce thing. He's full of wonderful and quirky details. Um, but we also had um, Anne Thwaite, who is the biographer of A.A. Milne, was around a lot and was giving us a lot of uh, notes on the script. So it may well have come from her too. Hi, thank you for the film. It's a beautiful film. And thank um, you. I just was interested in the uh, the how you were able to manage the the tone of the film because it's a very particularly that time period. The performance can be very very arch, and I was just wondering whether it was a conscious decision to go with that handheld, um, very kind of uh, naturalistic to kind of counteract that archness, or whether it was just. Um, you know, that was just the approach to shooting at the time that it felt natural. Yeah, there wasn't so much handheld, to be honest. Um, but, you know, tone is a funny thing, isn't it? You basically, as a director, are doing each scene as well as you can, or trying to do it as well as you can. And uh, you sort of learn the tone in a way. Mm. I mean, the thing that most struck me about this film is that, like probably you guys coming to see it, you think it's going to be this film about Winnie the Pooh. And then actually the, the, the story and the script has so many other big themes in it. And that sort of took me by surprise, to be perfectly honest. You know, it, um, obviously the PTSD and the lasting impact of war isn't just on the men and women who fight in the war, it's on their families and their descendants too. Um, uh, but also, a lot of people have said it's a film about England, in a way, that you know, we are the world's storytellers, but and put all our emotion into the big stories and not into our families, which I thought was quite interesting too. Um, and I, th I do credit Frank with that because he's a very soulful man and a lot of the, uh, the, the depth of the film comes from his script, I think. Thank you. Yeah, it really is a gem of a film. And uh, I you. just, I love it. Just a couple of questions. Uh, first of all, in terms of the way that you pre-envisioned the film, are you a real one to kind of create those iconic images? and then see them through, but also allow real flexibility as well sometimes when you're seeing a scene for the first time with the actors? Yeah. I mean, are you talking about recreating the drawings when you say Yeah, the there were some lovely iconic moments yeah. where he's swinging the bear for the first yeah. time and they look back and that's yeah. what we remember when we yeah. see the front of the book. I mean, you know, because we didn't have the rights in any A.A. Mill material because that's all owned by Disney. So, uh, you know, but you see the poem of Vespers. That isn't actually Vespers. That's a a uh, what's the word? No, the replica or something. No, it's it's a different our version of it. Um, but I really was determined to have them recreating some of the iconic images. You know, you couldn't not have Christopher Robin kneeling at the bed. You know, um, uh, but some of them, like the snow, that's not actually from the stories. That's just sort of you think it is in a way. Does that make sense? Uh, because yeah. they're walking around um, uh, and. Uh, in when he's swinging the bear where um, Shepard and Milne are, sit on that rock and they see him, that was, so, there was a line in the script that, that, that Frank had said something like, it's as if the bear is dancing on its own or something like that. And I didn't really know what that was going to be till we did it. Uh, and then when you see that boy sort of just, uh, yeah, it just kind of came alive, but I didn't know it would. Um, uh, and again, that's back to the magic of, of the boy as well. And I would say, actually, that, that, that rock they're sitting on in that scene and in the final scene actually has a plaque on it dedicated to A.A. Milne. For in, so, and, and so he would have actually sat on that. And, and, the, and the, br the poo 
bridge is the actual Pooh Bridge they would have played on. So that was kind of meaningful as well. And when you got the script, you know, how did it? How did you respond to it emotionally? Because it seems like there's a real connection. It really comes over in the way it's directed. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, 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 it seemed to be about fathers and sons to me. So I was. Uh, and I just knew that we it, we had to get that halcyon summer, that time the father and son are together, right, you know, and um, Donal and, and Will loved each other, and so that was a help. And uh, that sequence is made up of a lot of things that were scripted and a lot of things that weren't scripted. And there was an amazing day where they were just, we just, f we had a very unusually an hour free that, I was allowed to work with Will because, uh, and they were, they were just playing in the fields and, and one of the crew found a frog on the floor and I, and I said, just give it to them. And, you know, and so we just threw the, the, the no, didn't throw, we passed, <laughs> we passed the frog in and they just went with it, the two of them. And, and he kind of says, you know, do you think it's poisonous? And I just, you know, it was, that was a totally unplanned moment. And it taught me that with a film like this, you've got to have some space in the schedule for the time to have unplanned moments. And, and very luckily, you know, we, we managed it. Thank you. Um, great film. Thank you very much. Thank you. Just wondering, from the moment you read the script for the first time till the actual uh, shooting of it, how how much did it change? How much did you want things to change? Did you did you like it straight away, or did you see? Issues I did like it? it straight away, um, but we definitely went through lots of notes. I mean, Fox and uh, and then you know, when actors come on and so on. I mean, it's hard to say because probably it's one of those things where if you read the script when I first read it and the final one be much the same, but you know, we felt like we'd, a lot of work went on into it. Um, and actually, I will say that there was much more sort of trench stuff in the script, and in fact, in the shoot. Uh, but when we were in the cutting room, we realized a little of it was, uh, I mean, there's already quite a lot of it, but the less, the better, in a way. So, um, you know, we, we, we compressed that a lot. How much input from the um, actors do you accept, in generally from I mean someone like Donald Gleeson, who's well, I mean, I mean he a is a great actor, b really smart, and c seems pretty good at picking films. If you think about his last year was Star Wars, The Revenant, Ex Machina, and Brooklyn. Do you know what I mean? He's I mean it's incredible actually, and he brought a real uh, strong sensibility to it. So I. You know, it's, it's, it's like everything. It's like you, t you, 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 you stick to your guns, but you listen, and it's always a compromise. But um, I, I'm, I'm very happy to hear the actor's notes, yeah. And, you know, and then it's a sort of, uh, it's a process with the writer, you know, and it's, uh, um, yeah. Two more. What a beautiful film. I really Thank loved you. that. Um, Thank you. I'm just, just curious, just because a lot of the other questions I might have asked have already been answered. Just, uh, is, it seems to walk that fantastic line between um, satisfying the grown-ups in the room and hopefully, the, obviously, hopefully the children. Um, are they putting it as a family film or a what, what, How are they I don't marketing know. I, th I mean, I think, my s I think uh, it's obviously not for very young children, but I think... Children of Will's age, I hope we'll get a lot out of it. And um, but yeah, I mean, when we tested it, the young and older audiences have responded, male and female. So 
you know, we're hopeful, but you just never know in the, the current climate. Yeah, and lots of different people can get different themes out of it. But the thing I'm being most excited about is that men have been responding, you know, and I think uh, there aren't as many father and son films out there as you think there are, you know, and I think it is a complex, complex portrait of a, of a father and a son. Thank you. Is there one more question? Yes. Thank you. Uh, as a father, it may be fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was wondering about how you work with your other child and about rehearsal and how much time he and Dominic work together rehearsing. Yeah, I mean, as ever with a film, you think you're going to have, they always say, oh, yes, you're going to have those two, three weeks of rehearsal and it ends up with three hours before that you get on the recce bus or whatever. You know, it's, it's always that way. But, um, uh, they bonded uh, in a rehearsal room, actually. But Donal was 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 very good with him, and uh, because as a director with kids, you do rely on the other actors sometimes uh, a lot because you know they're right there, and if the, the 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 kid trips up, they can say "say it again, say it again." It's much easier if the other actor says it, who's right there. Um, and uh, so he, I relied on that quite a lot too. Um, and uh, but Will, as I say, just came to set uh, pretty much every day, raring to go. Well, he's he's wonderful. Yeah. And um, what what happened to Milne after he stopped writing Winnie the Pooh? What did? What well, did he did write. I mean, first a book against war, and then a book in favour of going to war with Hitler. Okay. Right. Um, but I hadn't realised, had you, that he was like a, sort of a, a second-string Noel Coward. I mean, he was at I had real no West idea. End. I had no idea at all. Were his plays any good? Uh, they, they're old-fashioned. Yeah. But actually, one was just put on at the German Street Theatre right here. Um, but, I mean, he had, he had like five or six big hits. Um, but he was, you know, he, he his fate was to be forever the author of Winnie the Pooh. If you go to the um, Wren Library at Trinity in Cambridge... They have the first Gutenberg Bible. They have many first folios by Shakespeare. And you work your way around the room, and they have Byron's manuscripts and Coleridge and Wordsworth. And the, in the last case is a manuscript of, a, hand, a handwritten manuscript of, of Winnie the Pooh. Really? I think he was a Trinity um, yeah. alumni. Simon, very good luck next week. And Thank in you. Thank you all for coming out on a Friday. I appreciate it.